King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock it's all legendary, it's all necessary We all been all-stars for all February And after that, King and Gates, after racks But really trying to get some wins, not just padding stats Two basketball lovers through happenstance Built a bond that led to greatness that advanced Oh man, BTG Nation, it's been a long time It feels like it at least But family, we are back in action Um Man, we we've we've taken a little break, but it was a good one. You know, this podcast and stuff is new to us. It's not a it's not like something we we were went to school for to be broadcasters or anything. And so sometimes we get tired of talking, we just need to live life. And I think it's a good thing that we did that cuz now, you know, a lot of things that that transpired in in the world, we done seen a few things we want to address. Had a little break and everything. But BTG Nation, we're back. We're right here. You see the OG over here? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, shut up with all that nice shit. It's eleven forty one at night. And you talking about we Yeah, I like talking to the public. Yeah. But it's eleven forty one. It's almost midnight. Yeah, yeah. I mean we've done we've done this a few times before like that though. Even and, at and, the studio. Yeah, and every time I complain. Yeah. But you know You gotta pick a better time, man. I picked the time. Yeah, you you can't pick my day off. So yeah, we're gonna come at night. <laughs> And my day off ain't a day off. I'm working behind the computer all morning. Hey, man. That's the, that's the life of an entrepreneur. No, that's what you told me. Yes, yeah, the life of a young guy. I'm old. Man, you're not old. You know you keep saying that, and every time you say that, people look like, what is he talking about? I guess they don't know. You're aging well, brother. <laughs> Called you brother. <laughs> Listen, I got something funny, though. Uh, every time we hear the... the the intro, you know, we got to shout out Waze because it does set the tone, set the vibe. Let us know that we right in here, right? And so we t I talk to Waze all the time. Um, I told him the music episode is coming. We got to jump in on that, especially I got a special guest. And they just had a huge show at the Apollo, a okay. huge show. Um, and then, you know, a special guest we'll have on soon as a part of that. She was, she's around there. So you'll love that episode. But but Waze sent me something and was like, yo, like I, I really do this thing. I said, what you talking about, bro? And so, um, check this out, King. I want you to tell me what you think. That's all you gotta do. If you try and get ahead, and you try and get some bread, you just do what I said. It's that simple. Yeah. Get milk in the house. Get milk. Get milk. Look, I gotta respect it, man. That's that's for the Get Milk web design team. You know, a company that that they had to call into our guy and ask for his services. Hey. I, I know what give milk is. Yeah, you know you know how I am with that. You know, I love shit like that. So. Yo, that's that that's a pin. You know what he told me? He said, yo, for this one gig, I got more than what these local rappers do for three or four shows. 
right? But but you know that's a bar, that's a little thing, but that's some game. Don't give away your secret. Yeah, but that's the, but that's some game though. Like if your pen is what you say, if you really artist and you know you need to eat. You know, Jamie Foxx, Jingles 3000. <laughs> <laughs> make, sure. make that happen. Oh. Sure. But OG, man, what, what what has your new year been like? Yo, I know you've been to the movies. You know, yeah. we haven't had much, a lot of time to, to do a lot of the extra entertaining stuff. But I finally went to the movies um, just the other night, right before uh, we had the, the tournament, the first day of the league. Mm-hmm. I went um, to see Avatar at like... Um, Ten thirty, mm-hmm. so you know I ain't get out of there till like one or something. But I ain't know I was in there that long. Yeah, yes. So remember, the movie is incredible, man. Because I I saw it too, and I remember telling you I was like, oh gee, it's like two forty five. You like hell no, but I was like, listen, you aren't going to know, you aren't going to realize how long you've been sitting there. Yeah, it's I'm a big sci fi guy, so um, so I love stuff like that. And plus, I I I really enjoyed the first one. This one. Now, what's interesting is I didn't really watch the first one the way I should have. And it's bits and pieces. I told you, on on TNT, that's, it was always on before the basketball games, <laughs> before Chuck and them come on with inside stuff. That it was always on. So I watch it, but I get distracted, come back. And it was always popping. But some things, you know, just don't sit right if you're not in a the theater, right? Oh, and, yeah, that's that was my point. I, I was not, you know, I, you know, I got the fake surround sound at home and everything, but... I was gonna see it in the theater. Yeah, in the th- like you can't like what was the other one? Um, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I was not gonna see mm. that anywhere but in the theater. That felt different. Yeah, it's different. Different. And and so with this one, they say it was like a two billion dollar project just to get the cinematography, the lights, the makeup, everything together. It made sense, and I saw it in three D too. Yeah, it was crazy. And then you guys haven't had the Dubai cinema. Um, <laughs> experience yet what you said about those seats <laughs> listen man when you sit in those seats bro, like if you're a little tired and you and you buy yourself and it's not a good movie it's lights out yeah and they give you a blanket of some of them joints too yeah, it's lights out if, you, if it's not a good movie keep your keeping you engaged it's lights out mm, no question man you like know, it's not too often you go and i've been around the world it's too it's not too often you get to a movie theater you can take your shoes off. Listen, listen, I'm just about to head there. You know the Eisenhower AMC. <laughs> listen, I done been in a few Potomac Yards, the Regal. I done seen a couple uh, uh, furry friends yeah. running around. And I, I couldn't even finish the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, trying to go to the one in Gallery Place Chinatown. <laughs> Come on, man, get out of here. When it first opened up, when it first opened up, the after old that, joint in Union Station. Oh man, yeah, too. Yeah, and my mom used to try to take me to all them spots. Yeah, man, I was like, what is, what is this? And this one, this this whole experience is different. <laughs> like, it's just, you take your shoes off and not worry about anything. Yeah, food, food come to you. Yeah, you know, yeah. when it's over, they tell you, "Don't no, no, put your stuff down. What? Just leave it." Yeah, you you got this. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's easier for us. And then it's spotless. Yeah. And then it's spotless in there though, and so but but Avatar was dope. Yeah, that yeah. Was it dope. was incredible, man. Yeah, as long as say it's incredible. But isn't it interesting the exploration of the water, right? Because you know the Black Panther had that same underlying theme too, and you know the mermaid is about to come out. Well, it's gonna be the first black mermaid playing it for uh, for Disney, um, and that, that water exploration uh, is cool sci-fi. 
But I don't want to go too deep down there. Figure out. <laughs> <laughs> like that, whatever's down there, leave it there. Don't come up out of there with, with no new virus, <laughs> no new nothing. Like just let it stay down there in the unknown. We all good. We ain't living down there, none of that, right? But um, but it was dope. But you you say you're a big sci-fi fan, right? Yeah. And so, because movies aren't the same, right? right? Like movies, music, nothing is the same anymore. And so that gave you a refreshing feeling. Right. So uh, you, we talked about it a little bit, but what did that take you back to when you talk about the best sci-fi movies and then maybe the best ones with a sequel? Um, I remember that conversation. It, it's like it takes you back to the first sci-fi movies you saw that made you think differently about how you watch movies. Mm. Um, it, of course, back in the day, Star Wars. Mm. That storyline, and even though you look back now, you're like, those graphics were terrible. Yeah. But the storyline, with the, it was state of the art at the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had never seen anything like it. Um, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, yeah. we had never seen anything like it. Matrix 1 and Matrix 2, yeah. we had never seen anything like it. Mm. The twins in Matrix 2, they, we ain't never seen nothing like that before. Yeah. Those fight scenes, we never seen anything like that. You know, Avatar 1 and 2, like, yeah. those are just something like aliens. Yeah. One and two. Yeah. Can't you can't duplicate can't duplicate those things. I seen all of them except for that last one. <laughs> Alien. Alien. Oh yeah, yeah, you gotta see that. One yeah. and two. And the Independence Day up there, right? Just by his own by the his first only. One. Yeah. Second one was trash. Yeah. Yeah. Will Smith didn't I mean no, he wasn't even in the second one. Yeah. But it was just trash. The yeah. good thing he wasn't in it yeah. was trash. Yeah, I it remember watching. It didn't that make one. sense. Yeah. That's that's so dope though how it's going. But you would think like the budgets are crazier now, so the sci-fi they it, it should get wicked. It should get crazy. It should, but you got you got to think about it's about who's directing it, mm -hmm. not about who's starring it. Because mm -hmm. like Black Adam had a crazy budget, terrible trash, and that story is crazy, crazy. Yeah, but you know what else is trash out here? What? The House Party remake. You know, what? <laughs> the House what? So you didn't you didn't know? No. LeBron, um, you know, under his studio, they remade House Party. Yeah, who who, <laughs> who gonna play kid and play? Yo, it's uh it's it's some some internet guys. You yeah, know. Man. It's Braun too, and Braun popped up in it. I didn't I didn't watch it yet. I'm, I'm on, gonna man. check it out. I heard so, some some uh, things are left are best left alone. Like I'm gonna give you a prime example. They should never have made how high too? Oh, look! <laughs> and don't I love I love DC Young Fly man, but come on, man, that was trash. Yachty. That was trash. <laughs> you can't replace Method Man and Red Man. I thought you was gonna go to um, what's it called? What was the remake that just happened recently? Coming to America. I thought you was gonna go there. First. I'm gonna tell you, I knew that was so bad. I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care how many stars were in there. I knew that was so bad from the trailer. I haven't even watched it yet. Yeah, no, it's 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 sickening, big dog. Come it's on, sickening. Man. Like it gets crazy. It's nasty. And Braun put himself to that. You know, I'm a I'm a figure out. I heard a lot of reviews. I heard a lot of things. It's it's so it's so bad that I want to watch it. Like it's so bad. It's like nah, it can't you, be. You I, can't be this I'll bad. You, you you are a great African American citizen. <laughs> you you do support. You do support minorities. I ain't going to see that crap. <laughs> no, no, no. I ain't going to go see it. I'm going to find it on the Chinese drink that we got where it's free. And I can just got to scroll through. You, you are absolutely <laughs> lying. You will go to the theater because you're going to sit there and be like, come on, Jamila. We just got to get out a night out. No, nah, cut, you, cut yeah, it out. Yep. Nah, you go see it. That's, 
You you telling me it's gonna be shown in Dubai? <laughs> it might. <laughs> no, nah, they ain't making it this far. But to to transgress to something that that or to not transgress. We use the words wrong. I have a, a Turk caller. We use those things. We go. We go. All them classes he missed. <laughs> Yeah. Those wasn't on the schedule, right? That's what he said. But to go to a topic that's related, Ja Rule, Ashanti, and Fat Joe. I saw them, me and the wife, because like you said, we got to get out, and we are 27 weeks pregnant now. Mm-hmm. And so we get into that space where she ain't going to want to do nothing but sleep for the next couple uh, months. So she's like, let's go party, right. right? And now a couple months back, we saw 50, mm-hmm. right? And so it's funny kind of seeing 50 and then... In, in comparison, you see Ja, Fat Joe, and Shanti, yeah. right? Two very different concerts. Right. Right. Immediately, you know what the biggest difference was. The crowd. Yeah. The, you, you've been, we've been in plenty of spaces to where you know when it's not going to be a capacity when they got a couple rows blacked out. Right. So you can't even see it. Right. 50 had the entire thing from top to bottom and suite sold out. But he's, but he's a different artist, though. But this the thing, though. 50 didn't have no additional promotion. He didn't have no, like, Live Nation, nobody backing him to promote it. It was all his own money, his own everything. It and does. so when you think about Joe, and it was just him, no headliner. Right. Now you got Ja and Ashanti and Fat Joe, and you got a marketing group, and it don't fit. And right. it just hurt. It just make me laugh because it's like, damn, Ja. Like fifty, really, for the rest of your life, just <laughs> no. Nah, I mean, no. Nah. I mean, well, first of all, fifty would he would be the headliner anyway. But yeah. he's just a different artist than them. He he just a different beast though. Like, like you you look at it like Jar Jar career. Like I could never look at no matter he iconic with his music mm-hmm. for his day, right? But I could never just I could never look at him the same. Like fifty really did that his <laughs> man career, but you know, Akon popped out. He's alive. Listen, dog, Akon popped out, and I swear it was an accident. Mm. But first of all, <laughs> he got the craziest hair transplant I've ever seen in my life, yo. What you mean? Yo, he got a full he got a full head of hair, right? Slicked down, and then the hairline started, like, the middle of his forehead. It won't like that in the Locked Up video with Styles P. It won't like that, even when he was in his 20s. It looked crazy right now. See, he just went too far, so he... So he went to get the hair transplant and told a dude, give me an 18-year-old hairline. 18-year-old that's like half Indian because <laughs> it ain't even the same green. I'm talking about that thing looking like like it's slicked down, right? And then he got up there, King. He was... Lip syncing. Wasn't even lip syncing, though, King. He was just moving his mouth, not even like no words or nothing. And he gave us 15 seconds. He told but the crowd was going crazy for Dubai. But you know, listen. Well, I've I've said this long before I even met you. If you are a U.S. artist and you you tank out in America, mm-hmm. you always got another chance somewhere else. Jeez, you say that about basketball. They don't, too. Have, they don't have access to everything we do. Yeah. Like I said, I was in Germany, man. David Hasselhoff was like Michael Jackson over that joint. Hey, you know how many, ba- you know how many people back home know, don't even know David Hasselhoff has records? Not damn sure don't. Right? But you know how many people don't even know who he is? They go hear this and be like, who? Yeah. What's, what's crazy is, though, I will say, Ashanti put on a good show. 
Yeah. Ja did put on a good show. And, you know, it was a fun crowd. Um, and then, ironically enough, um, the Atlantis Royal, the new, oh, um, like, expensive, crazy. Atlantis oh, the, 2 or whatever. Yeah. Called. You know, they opened up. You know how they opened? With a Beyonce concert. And they paid her $88 million to come. Oh, I heard it was twenty four. It was it was 80, it was twenty four that go to her, but it took eighty eight million to get her whole team. Yeah, all of that, all the other extra stuff. Maybe eighty eight million Durham, so twenty four million. I mean, US, yeah. whatever it was, it was we know filthy. it was it was something in the pocket. Yeah, no and, invite only. So it's a it's an interesting time to be in Dubai and the UAE and in the in Saudi in the GCC area period because they spend a lot of money to attract Western um, talent, not just like music talent, but yeah. People that's gonna work and get things together because they say they say hey we got the money yeah. it's not what you thought it was when they say you can't do this can't do that we get lit too mm. it's, it's getting crazy you know but HMD who Mountain Dubai um I haven't even plugged that right you guys know what the deal is who Mountain Dubai we're here and this things are moving um, Coach King launched a new project months ago that's finally to in action, um, in collaboration with some other other guys, other academies are looking for some change. Um, so he's probably going to be really grumpy for the next eight, nine episodes until this league is over. Look at that face! Look at that face! You got, you got. They don't, they don't know sometimes about the 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 steps for one to help grow the basketball scene, and then the sacrifices. And then all the stuff in between. Because, you know, even when you pop up with stuff, I never know when it's the right time to make the next implementation or how it goes because I'm still learning about how this is going to go too. So when it's time for the league, I'm watching, I'm looking like, all right, how are we going to matriculate players? How are we going to work with other places? And then I look at you and you, you – <laughs> you holding back the curse words. And I know that's your New Year's resolution. <laughs> I'm holding to it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You try to keep it in, though. But it is cool to finally have some games going for these young guys and girls. Consistent well, we, we had games before. We, there was friendly games. We mm -hmm. kept them coming. But we're in an official league now. So now they, the kids can, you know, now it makes a, it means a little bit more to them. Because yeah. we are playing for something. Before, we were playing just for personal pride but now we're playing for you know uh, a team championship yeah and this and it's important too as um to we you place that emphasis on playing because as people who are trying to grow a game we've noticed that there's not enough collaboration yep. <laughs> and, and not enough um integrity within that as well and so you know as you would say some of the things you're doing now you did 15 years ago yeah, I ain't expect to be back in this this situation. Yeah, yeah, but it's, if we weren't in Dubai, I'd yeah. be doing this. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's a lot, but the bones are there, and you know it's still Dubai, so it doesn't get too crazy. But um, HMD, we are proud of you guys for sticking it through. Um, these next couple months are going to be hard too, because this is going to be challenging, and for a lot of our people, it's going to be the first time that you kind of felt some resistance yep. or you felt a space to where it's not easy anymore and you got to learn how to juggle some things. So we want to remind you that with the purpose of basketball is to teach you that lesson. Once you get good at something, it's another obstacle that's coming your way and you just want to learn how to keep fighting through that wall. And so, you know, as we get here, we will, Coach King will never put you in any position that he does not think you're prepared for. You guys have been asking for games for years. 
and we've been gradually getting you there. Coach King says you're ready now. So let's not run away from the challenge. You know, we built a community as well to make sure you guys have support outside of just family because we knew this day was coming and it's going to grow into something big, but keep going. Yep. Yeah. And as hard as we've worked, especially, you know, some of the kids have been with us for a couple of years. Even if you don't get the outcome you wanted the first time or two, don't quit. Man, you come too far. Hmm. Quit. Don't you come too far to just give up now. Mm, man, man. And that's, that's, yeah, we'll get to that because that's going to be important to break down too. But um, to start that, start the pod and then get into the topics for today, uh, you know, this is this is how we know the podcast is making some movement. It's actually, you know, um, a part of some people's lives. And they, they think it's, you know, some good info being shared here. So one of my guys, shout out to, to Big Bird. That's what I called him in prep school. Marcellus Stewart. He's six nine, left handed guy <laughs> from uh, from Delaware. It's the first time I had met a hooper from Delaware. Because you know, most times if you meet somebody through that area, they're gonna just be like, "Yeah, I'm just from Philly." Yeah. Because they they end up playing in Philly anyway, right. right? Unless you hear about like Alex English and some of those other guys, right? Um, and so Marcellus was teammate in prep school. Um, left handed guy, nice touch. You know, sometimes he had bounce, sometimes he didn't. You know what that, you know what that means. You know, sometimes you'd be like, yo, dunk that. That's my dime. But right. it's my guy, a uh, good guy, real good guy. One of my, one of the funniest teammates I've ever been around in my life, yo. We introduced him to Go-Go. He introduced us to Meek Mill because that was that time when, when artists were still regional. And so, um, you know, everybody in Philly had the certain things they were listening to. You know, we introducing Wale and Go-Go. Right. North Carolina guys introducing um, a J. Cole and all that. And so we introduced him to that. He couldn't stop playing a thong song by Backyard Band. He, we, were, we, were, we was in military prep school. So he was, we we hear him. You know, the big dudes are always the wildest ones on the team. Yeah. So we are here. We supposed to be up cleaning the barracks, and he saying that thong, 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 thong. I'm gonna be like, yo, you gonna get us out here running in the rain if you don't stop? But big dudes are always the funniest. Crazy. So, but he sent a message on um on IG and was like, yo, I got a question for you. I would love to hear you guys talk about it on the pod. So it was a long message. Yeah. I, at first, I wasn't sure I was gonna read it. But then I started looking over it, and I was like, "All right, this 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 something OG like." So um, he had a nephew that is in high school and is getting some basketball love. His nephew? I thought at first it was his son. No, 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 no. He ain't. He a wow. He do have a. He does have a son though. But he only son like six, I think. Right. That's what I was thinking. Like he got a son this old. Yeah. Nah. And so he said, "My nephew's getting recruited, right? And he's getting recruited by some mid majors. He got offers from Temple." GW, George Washington, Fordham, Delaware State, Florida Gulf Coast, and interest from um, Arkansas. And so he said, so boom, this is quote, so boom, he's got a lot of interest from some high majors, but no offers. But his scouting report is he's a super athletic 6'4 combo guard that can attack the basket and finish above the rim. And is a consistent shooter from three in mid range and picks up both guards full court but he isn't comfortable handling the ball as much as he should be. Um, he's in, he enjoys playing often off the ball, but I digress. He said he's getting recruited, and a lot of high mid-major coaches like Arkansas as well as like Penn State are saying right now, as a senior, he's not ready to play at a high major level. 
and be a component to a team. But his ceiling is higher than most guards already at their school who they're recruiting. My question for the pod is, would you rather recruit a guy that's ready now and plug up and right plug up or plug in right now or recruit a guy who has limit uh, limitless ceiling and wait on him? And then the second part of that is also as a parent, which direction would you tell your child to go or have him go in as, well, as far as college? Would it be a mid-major so he can develop confidence and grow his game or high major and learn some patience? And then we will have highlights of the young man because um, we did watch some highlights to, to get a bit of a understanding of what type of player he is, where he's playing at. Um, I think he's playing at Roman Catholic or one of the schools in the Philly area, um, and he's also on one of the Nike circuit teams. So he's playing against some comp. Yep. You know, he getting, does. He's getting good exposure. Yeah, so let's start with the first part of that question. Um, as far as his recruitment goes, when when they say, is he ready now? First of all, as a coach, what, are, what would you rather recruit? A guy that's ready now or somebody who has, some, has a ceiling, but you have to wait on him? Well, in your heart, you want to recruit the guy that has the ceiling that you can mold into your own style of player for your mm-hmm. program. But your mind is saying, we ain't got time. You know, what people have to understand is you will never ever see coaches anymore where a large percentage of them are in one place 10 years plus. That doesn't happen anymore. Once once Tom Izzo leaves Michigan State, once Calipari leaves Kentucky, um, who else is still around? Um, Hard to think. Um, my man at Florida State. Oh yeah, Lennon Hamilton. Once he leaves, Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley. Well, Ed Cooley's kind of he's just he's just kind of getting there. He ain't really hit the 12, 13 year at Providence yet. Shit, but twenty twenty three, eight nine years is is right. That's a long yeah, time. Yeah, for for this era. So so coaches don't have the the patience from the athletic directors and the presidents and the fan bases anymore. So they got to they got to win now. And so that's why, you know, if you are a uh, a senior, high school senior now and you have multiple offers, you got to go where you're most wanted now because if you wait, you could be a victim of the transfer portal, you know, the extra year that everybody got from COVID and you know, coaches are going to get a chance. If you're 18 years old and you're you're a high school stud, that's not the same as being a major role player at a Division One school, you know, and you're 22. It's not the same. Man, whenever I hear, have this conversation or I listen to it, I think about the same thing Uncle Ro has always told me. He said, man, it's a hard job when your job is based on the temperament of some 17 to 23-year-old men. That, like, when you put it to that perspective, like the way my family eats, the way I take care of the medical bills at home is based on these 17 to 23-year-old young men who have access to some things that's completely different when you come D1. And I got to just trust these guys. And so every year is a gamble. It's a risk. And you I mean, don't have the resources. Yeah. I mean, even Division two, Division three, it's, yeah. it's, it's all a high level, man, because, you know, yeah. more players are playing now, more everybody's getting more exposure. And, and coaches just don't have – they don't have the time. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm not trying to say that high school seniors aren't going to be heavily recruited. They are, but after you get past the top 150, it's not the same as it used to be. Yeah, it's not the same because you see guys, you know, playing four years at this school, 
And then, you know, he's playing his fifth year at another school. He's making a, he's on a team making a deep tournament run or, you know, or you see guys now, you know, by the time they become a senior, they've played at three different schools. Yeah. Yeah. Now to the second part of that question. Right. Um, so we both agree that, I mean, just reality, right. It's not even opinion. Yeah. You just don't have time to wait on a kid. Right. That's just it's just too much, too many variables about what could happen and couldn't happen. And now you have to battle. I remember coming out, we had to battle um, JUCO, all that other stuff. But mainly it was international kids. Right. Because at that time, Canada was Canada was blowing up with stuff. Yep. Tristan Thompson, all these other different guys in that area. And then, of course, they were going to Europeans. My roommate in college was from Turkey. I mean, um, my roommate in prep school was from Turkey. Yep. And he had came in and he had already had a D1 offer. And they were the one who brought him to the school. Right. And so now you add that because that's still prevalent. You're still going to have the international players. And then you had the transfer portal. And that's in every sport. You hear Prime talking about the transfer portal. I'm going in there. And you guys got to be careful because you can get lost in the tr- shuffle. Yep. And so um, with that, you have to he have to, you have to keep in mind, uh, Marsalis, that he doesn't have time. He can't be sitting there thinking, like, I'm just going to wait for this or wait for that. Like, if you get any offer to play at any level right now, Right, and even including the D three, if they're putting a package together for you to go to school and allowing you to play, you got to take a serious look at that. Right, serious look at that. Right, and then the second part of that question is as a parent, right? What direction do you take your tell your child to go in? And right, and you know everybody's parenting style is a little bit different, but what tools do you give them? What questions do you give them to answer or pay attention to to help them kind of make a clear cut decision? Well, listen. Uh, well, let me say this. This is <laughs> this is a little biased. Like, you should never let everything be based on what your kid thinks. Right. And the reason I say that is because yeah. when I was a high school kid coming up. I did pick some schools based on damn colors. Word. I'm, I'm just going to be real with you. Word. I'm, I mean, just because as a kid, you don't really understand. I'm dealing with some kids now trying to place them in some schools and states, and they don't know anything about the school. And I'll give you the quick example, and that is when I was coming up, we thought Georgetown was all black school. Word. We thought Temple was all black school. Word. We didn't know. Yeah. We thought Oregon at with Ernie Kent was all black school. We didn't know. Yeah. Temple Catholic school, ain't it? No, it's not a Catholic school, but it ain't yeah, anybody. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So the, so the thing is like you have to go where you are set to go. You know what I'm saying? Because What do you for, mean by that? For example, if your finances aren't where you can take a chance, mm. then go where you're you're definitely solidified to get a four-year ride, which we all know is one-year renewable, Mm -hmm. but you have a better chance of getting that four-year ride where somebody has already projected you to be a part of their program going forward. Because here's the thing. If you can ball, everybody's going to see it because, you know, it's no longer like it was back in the day where you you had to go to certain programs. You go to any program now. If you shine, you're going to shine. And if you feel like you're beneath your level, prove them. Yeah. Prove, Prove them wrong. Do your thing and then move up because, you know, the transfer portal is open. But you may find out, which most kids do, you're at the right level. Yeah. yeah. That's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? Don't, you know, if your finances are, if you ain't got it where you can take chances, man, don't play around with that. Man, because you, you told me, you told me you never know what can happen. 
Yeah, anything. And going into going, I don't know if you felt like I did, but going into the senior year, I thought we was gonna have a magical year. Uh, yeah, I fe- it just felt like that. Like we had we had been around something before that just felt like, oh, this gonna be another good one. Yeah. And then something that didn't even like you could have put a deck of cards out and told us to pick one, and that wouldn't even been in the deck. Right. Happened, but luckily everything else was taken care of school wise and everything else, so it still gave me a chance. But you just never know injuries. Yeah, because because that shit's all out of your control. They're out of control. So you got to take care of the things that are in your control, so that way. If something does happen, you're prepared for it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, you know, with this young man, it looks like he can hoop. Yeah. But we all, if if there is an issue, if there are a couple question marks in terms of your handle, in terms of being on a perimeter all the time at the next level, coach is going to be a little hesitant just because mm-hmm. they have so many other choices now, you know, and they don't have time to develop you. Man. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like, <sighs> There's very few. I'm, there's probably 10% of college coaches that have time to develop you and let you get your game right now. And here's the big risk that a coach will have. You know, he or she may say, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna get this kid. We're going to develop him, blah, 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 to fit into our system. You can up and, you can up and leave the next year. Mm. So, 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 so now what do I do? Do I get the 22-year-old, 23-year-old who's been to the tournament before or – that's been at least a four-year, at least a three-year starter, right? Or do I get this kid who's 17, 18? And, and we just talking about basketball. We didn't get into school. Right. No. We didn't get into the, the the period where you have to adjust. And that's going to affect how you play practice yeah. and everything yeah. else because it's completely different. Yeah. Well, everything everything's different. Yeah. How you approach your time management in terms of, basketball and academics, mm-hmm. how you transition to the social life, because we all know you can be a stud in high school and you have a crazy high school career in terms of your social life, mm-hmm. but your social life in college is going to be th- times three. You know what I'm saying? There's so many more dangers out there. And then we talk about the physicality. You ain't going to be coming into college like LeBron. Mm-hmm. That ain't happening. You know, And it's going to be a whole new learning curve for you most times because you're going to be running um, defensive schemes and concepts that you you haven't you just haven't discussed before. So mm-hmm. and and everybody's good. Yeah. You, know, you ain't the you ain't the big fish. You know what I'm saying? So you know, so you gotta get in where you fit in, man, and 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 make the most of it just because the landscape of college basketball right now is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's gonna stay that way yeah. too. When when major division one programs, division two programs, division three programs are hiring people only to monitor the transfer portal, you know it's crazy. Yeah. And that's not including NIL. Yeah. Yeah, I was, that's the next piece. And then there's more competition for coaches because you have, like, the overtime league. You have players going straight to the G League. Yeah. You have people trying to put leagues together all over the place so that they don't have to go to college because money is there. Yeah. Um, but but for the young buck directly, right, we can talk about your game, right, from the from the little bit that we've seen. Because we know a lot of people are also doing breakdown things. And from the little bit that we've seen, five minutes of the clips and things, um, you got some bones. Mm-hmm. You, you got some things out there that um, you got some tools that you can work with. Um, the one thing that I'll say is the, there are two things that I saw you do well that will translate immediately. And when you, wherever you go, make sure that's your f- focus as soon as you get on campus. And that's defense and rebounding. That's something that as a coach, it'll make you excited about because if I can see you picking up full court and guarding the ball in AAU games, 
I don't I don't have a, a second thought about me being able to get you to do that during the season. Right. Right. right? And so if you can if you can get it into your mind early that I got to find a way on the court no matter where I go. And the first thing is going to be um, defense and rebounding. That's going to give you leeway. That's going to give you some time to develop that other, those other things while still playing. Because that's the number one thing a lot of guys don't realize is that you want to be on the court. You want to be within – you want to be somebody that the coach always thinks about. Right. You don't want to be somebody at the end of the bench that he can't even look at. And then as the season goes on, when the rotation gets smaller and everything kind of forgets about you until it's time for the season wrap up. You get on campus, you focus on what you already are good at, which is defense and rebounding. And then you'll start to get a little bit of that green light to do those other things as long as you're working on it. Right. 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 Um, Anything you saw from him? That you want to, because you know you, I mean, you listen, do that. You do that. Uh, tweet any tweaks or something that you. T- I mean, the first thing is like he. I see he can shoot. He can shoot the ball well. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know his 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 release is a little slow, but he's able to get his shot off and with you know his current level. And uh, I see he's able to create space a little bit, but he does definitely have to work on putting on the floor a little bit more because we didn't see any of that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and, and the way the game is played now. Um, four people can put the ball on the floor and you know and play off the bounce, mm-hmm. you know and you know and just keep doing the things you said, man. Like it seems like he has an all around game mm-hmm. and just needs to add one component to it, yeah. and that's just the ball handling. I think he's fine, mm-hmm. and that's probably why some some of the the major major schools are probably just a little hesitant because they have that, uh, yeah. they can get that from somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can't, but they can get somebody who can handle the ball because everybody's got a trainer now and they can make a move after 16 dribbles, but he does the intangibles. You see Gary Payton Jr. right now yeah. in the league. He got, he got a ring, and now he's on a big contract with the Portland Trailblazers. And I watched as the Lakers mopped him up the other night. <laughs> but I watched, and and he's playing that, like, Roma role, right? You, you, you want to be able to expand your game, yes. But if you look at the landscape of the game right now, you know, those tweeners, you know, what we used to be like a Sean Marion type thing, Matrix, but those tweeners who can guard multiple positions, who are good off the ball, you know, Bruce Brown. Yep. Right? Who can cut, know how to finish both sides, get you extra possessions, hit the corner tree ball and all those things. They get paid for that. Basically, somebody can be on the floor, yeah. no matter what the lineup is. And that's what you want. And I'm looking at the list, man. Like, like don't get it screwed up. Temple is not a mid-major school. Yeah. I, I want to be clear on that. George Washington's not a mid-major school. They just had some down years. It's, they're not mid-major programs. You think about, you have a 6-4 athletic wing that can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. You may really want to consider playing for Aaron McKee. Yeah. Uh, that's, he, that's an important thing that you just said. Because I, I think I mentioned it to you because we talked about this on the phone first. I said that, you know, even if you go to a major first and then you find out that it's not good and maybe you go down a level, you know, mid-major or whatever, at least you were able to see how a major program was run. But you immediately corrected me and was like, oh, we it don't matter. Sometimes because Prime just got to Colorado. That's Pac-12. And, and they were they, absolutely terrible. They were terrible, yeah. right? And I was like, yeah, you're right. And so when you think about that, a thought process for a kid or family, the coach, yeah, coach. and the coaching staff. Yep, That's the number one thing. If you're saying that right now you are limited as a ball handler, 
right? But you know what you can deliver. Yep. All right. Now, when you look at the coaching staff and the system, let me tell myself, all right, even though I can't dribble right now, can I be of service to the system right. with the skills that I do have? And then on the back end, do they have a staff that can help me get better by year two, year three of my ball handling right. so I can expand? Right. Right? Like, how do you make sure you know what you're doing when you're picking that? Right. And I can speak candidly on Temple. Yes. You know, I know that. Yes. You know, you got Aaron McKee, who was first-round draft pick. He was a shooting guard at Temple, one of the legendary players there. And also on the staff, you got Mark Macon. Mm. For those of you who don't know. I say, break that down. Shaken Bacon Mark Macon <laughs> was one of the top freshmen in the NCAA, um, you know, tournament when they his first year in college. And 20 points a game, man. You know what I'm saying? Elite as a eight. freshman? As a freshman. Like, he was balling. And now, you know, that don't happen too often for a John Chaney team. You know what I'm saying? And so you're, you're talking about you're a two-guard. You get a chance to go play for those two guys. You're going to get the training in order to get your game right. But until you get to the point where you want to be, where you're comfortable with the ball, you're going to be able to play. Yeah. And they're going to use you while you're getting your game up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you'll get a chance to get on the floor because Temple is a place, man, like, you know, it's not where it used to be back in the day. They're, they're working. They just knocked off Houston the other day, num mm -hmm. number one team in the country on the road. Um, oh, man, and, that's and they, love. they play the right way. Yeah. That's what you want, man. And this kid, he plays the right way. Yeah. So they're going to find a way for you, you know. And you look at the personality. And so some sometimes some kids and some hoopers don't really know the history. Yep. If you look at the, what you call your guy, what's Aaron McKee's nickname? Blue. Blue, right? That's blue collar. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so when, when I look at you, young buck, that looks blue collar. I see you going attacking the backboard. I see you getting picking up fool. I see you not being afraid of contact and, and having some pride about keeping somebody off the boards or scoring on you. That fits the personality of that coach. Yep. Right. So when you look at where your weaknesses are and you look at the schools that are offering you or talking to you, you want to be able to say, all right, my weaknesses, will they keep me from being on the court because the system plays towards um, somebody else's strengths, i.e. somebody, maybe some schools, they do dribble weaves. You know, yeah. Calipari's favorite, he loves getting everybody off the bounce. Yep. That's why he got Tyree Evans, and that's why he got Derrick Rose and John Wall. Wall. Yep. You got to be able to, Brandon Knight, De'Aaron Fox, the list goes on and on. You got to be able to play off the ball, right? And then you got somebody that, you know, more system-based, like Tommy Amaker. Yep. Right. So when you look at these schools, make sure you're looking at the system because that's what matters the most. Yeah. And, and bottom line, let's 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 get this out of the open. You got you got multiple offers. Some <clears throat> there's a lot of play, players in the in the world right now would would take cut their right arm off for that. And don't look at it as because you need to work on your handle to, in terms of taking people off the bounce because that's the way everybody's trying to play right now. Yeah. Think about the schools offering you right now. See all your strengths. Yeah. That's what yeah. you. That's what you want to worry about. Yeah. People who see your strength right now. And and let's keep it a buck. We know you are thinking beyond college, yeah. right? Because if you're hooping and you're from that Delaware area or whatever, you know, busy uh, uh, Bones Highland. Remember, I told you about Bones Highland, the one who came from VCU he's from Delaware. Mm -hmm. You know, probably one of the only few people I know that made it to, to the league from Delaware. And talks about it, so I'm sure he's looking like, yo, I want to make some money off this thing, right? Keep it simple. 
just day by day, year by year, season by season. Just make sure you're getting better. It's not about where you go name-wise. It's about the perfect fit. Perfect fit. So don't worry about any of those other things. You got, you're going to have time to get man, that stuff. Man, let me uh, screw up. Man, listen. George Washington, go back and look it up. Mm-mm. Derek Searles. Kwame Evans, Jinka, those guys could play, man. Yeah. And you talk, talk about GW education. Yeah. Those guys could play, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. don't get it twisted. Like, yeah. there's some, there were some big-time players that came out of those programs. You could be the one that could get them back to their glory days. So, yeah. you got to think about that, man. And like you said, it's A-10. Yeah. It was, yeah. A, you know, that was, the, that was the original A-10, you know, yeah. when it was in its heyday. You know, now they, you know, they're, I don't know what leagues they're in now, but listen, it don't matter. Mm-hmm. You go there, do your thing, turn the, help turn the program around. Trust me, you'll get what's coming to you. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about that, you know. Yeah. yeah, but best of luck to you, champ. Yeah. Um, you know, a- anybody else got any other questions like that, please bring them through because that is something that we'll love to um, advise on if we can. You know, OG got a Rolodex of people we can we can call to get more insight on that could really, really change you guys' path and uh, way of thinking and just help out because that's what we want to do. But when we talk about college basketball, um, we to always we often talk about those what we call like the golden era, right? That 90s era of coaches that changed lives, changed programs. And like you said, you didn't know Georgetown was a PWI <laughs> until probably, I don't know. I, I mean, most of us didn't. No, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, like, like Georgetown, you watching above the rim <laughs> and Pee Wee Kirkland and them, they talking about going to Georgetown, right? Like you got the Georgetown bomber and everything. Like Ahoya just was a part of it, right? Yep. You talking about Hove dropping the Georgetown line and it's like, it's, it's part of the culture. Um, and so you look at a lot of those places back then that were uh, big time temples coming back to light, um, especially now with, with Aaron McKee at the helm. You know, they're playing a different style of basketball than before. But Georgetown now, Georgetown now is, right now it's sad to see. Even my mom is, is hitting me. She's like, yo, like, I thought Big Pat was going to have the situation rocking. Like, Georgetown has lost, like, last time I checked, it was 28 straight. Like, 28 consecutive. It's back to back. No win in between. Big East games. Georgetown. You know, countless number of kids transfer. Um, the stories go on and on and on. I it was crazy as before coming to Dubai, I was actually at a practice with Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Unc had a, a big kid from um the NBA school Africa or whatever that they were looking at. And so I went with him to open gym. So when I was in there, um I saw Mac. It was Mac going into his freshman year mm-hmm. and another guy. Um, it was interesting space. Um, coaches that were former superstars, that's a – I don't see it ever working. Right. Right? Like, Georgetown has to part ways. Right. Right? So, but, but where no, do you no, think – Not has to, should have. Been. Yeah. But, but we know why they hadn't, right? right? The name was so big. The stuff is there. They're probably just waiting for him to resign to save face. But, like – I don't even know what question to ask. Like, be, what, what, what do you? Because you, there's a lot to say, right? And so, like, what, what do you? Should take? How you? What do you look when you look at Georgetown? Like, Listen, what they drop when, when, when it goes to 28 um, losses in a row in the Big East. There's nothing even to ask. You got to, mm-hmm. you, you got to just start fresh from from the bottom. 
You just have to, you know, you got to infuse some young blood in there. And, and you probably have to go away from the traditional Georgetown tree. And what I mean mm. by that is like, just because it's a name, is it going to be something that's going to stand the, you know, the test of time? You know, of course you get Patrick Ewing, you're going to get players immediately because their parents knew, you know, knew of this person, you know, when they watched him play in, in college, watched him play in the NBA and players can easily Google his name. And the first thing that comes up is his playing career, not his coaching career. And with, and this is not to say he's not a good coach, but here's what a lot of great players suffer from. Teaching, teaching players that don't have the same ability that they had. Yeah. You, Sometimes, you know, you certain things as a player you could just do. And not every player can do that. You know, and Patrick Ewing is one of those players that you can just put him anywhere. He can just ball out. Everybody can't do that. And so can Patrick Ewing teach Julian King, who's not as talented and gifted as him, to get the same results? May not, because he's going to end up getting frustrated. We look at all the, we look at some of the f- other former greats who were coaches. Magic Johnson tried it for a quick minute. Said, "Yo, I got, you. I'm gonna kill somebody in right. practice." You know what I'm saying? Right. Larry Bird had a short little run in Indiana, and they eventually had to say, "You know, let me go upstairs." You know, McHale on the women's side, he had to say, "You know what? You know, that's a little different than the men." You know what yeah. I mean? But what what former great player has become a great coach for a long period of time? Bill Russell. <laughs> only one. Only one. Player coach, though. Player coach. Player coach. Yeah. And the culture in Boston was a little different because Red Auerbach was upstairs. Yeah. That's almost like Pat Riley, Pat Riley in Miami. You know, yeah. so it's, that's a little different, but that's the outlier. Yeah. It, ain't, it ain't happen nowhere else. Yeah, the, and when I look at that, because immediately when I hear Georgetown and they got Pat Ewing, like off the initial hire, I'm like, okay. Any big in America is going to love to go there because you're thinking, Pat, mid-range, both shoulders, ah. touch. That's what I'm thinking. Like, he's going to be able to teach and make that next guy, especially because I know they like to – they have a history of getting bigs, Henry Sims. He phrased, though, mid-range. Yeah. Nowadays, these yeah. based on the grassroots basketball, young players that are four and fives in terms of their size – they ain't trying. They ain't, they don't know anything about mid range. They're shooting threes. True, but but Georgetown does recruit internationally for their bigs, right? And so they still have, um, you know, some back to the basket principles. But even then, right, without the mid range, you would th- you would immediately think that any big that goes to Georgetown, they would at least be well rounded as far as the rebounder, blocking shots. Are you listening touching. to anything I just said? Even if you're a big coming from Africa, you're an international student, yeah. an international player, right? You still have to go up through the grassroots at some point through the states, yeah. whether it's through the, a coaching environment or um, a handler. And what is being taught now? Four out, five yeah. out. True. Even Joel Embiid. When is Joel Embiid an MVP? When he's on the block. When he's on the block. Yeah. And then, you know... Once he starts on the block, he sets the tone for the Sixers and dominates the floor. Yeah. And then as he starts to get cooking, then he can go out a little bit. Yeah. But when Joel and B starts to settle, yeah, he's not he's not the MVP. Well, but but this is what I, that's what I'm saying. So when you go to because college is about systems, right? 
And so every every university, every coaching style has a different system, a different style of play. Some do a lot of big because it's all about skill because we know they don't get it. So I'm saying I would expect that any big that goes to Patrick Ewing raw, right. they would be able to come out of there more skilled, right? right? That would be something that I would expect to see in a Pat Ewing system yeah, in right. college because we still see bigs that are solid, you know, the um, team A or whatever his name is, at Gonzaga, like they have that efficiency, but right. we hadn't seen that. I, so instead, yeah. we saw him recruiting big, yeah. I mean, guards. Yeah, we, I mean, but first of all, there's not many bigs to choose from because yeah, they're not being taught. True. Second of all, it's a it's a mindset. You have to be you have to be willing to be coached to learn that. And and three, you think about it. Name name five schools right now in the US where you can name five bona fide top players that are back to the basket players. Yeah. I mean, I can't. You can't. And and it's sad because yeah. that that means everybody that's over six nine. Unless you're able to shoot threes or put it on the floor, you're useless to to the higher ups. You know what I mean? So that that brings me to my point then, because like I said, that's what my initial thinking is, because that's natural, because it's Pat Young, right? Right. When you, when you look at a coach, you look at like, like what style of play is he going to have? What asset is he going to have? Because whatever his strength is, he'll just fill out his coaching staff to fill the gaps of everything right. else, right? And so from there, because I know you have more of an inside track on um, coaching information and stuff, like what is he going to bring? What system is he going to bring to Georgetown? Like, what is what is Pat Ewing going to? Is he is he going to let guards run free and play here and that? Like, is he going to try to bring a pro style offense because he came from the Magic? Like, what is he going to bring to Georgetown? What would entice in Georgetown outside of the name to be like? This is what's going to follow JT three and take us forward. And how and why hasn't that translated? Well, at the beginning, he did have like a guard heavy rotation because mm-hmm. he had Mac and them. You know, Mac is not a point guard. He's like, you know, he's he's basically an undersized, you know, two guard. And, you know. He messed up transferring. He was letting those guys do their thing. And, yeah, he went to Texas Tech and ended up getting a chance playing the G League and played a few games league. But had he stayed at Georgetown, he was going to be a star. Yeah, he in a dunk contest this year too. What? Mac, yeah. yeah. In the dunk contest. Okay. So, <laughs> like, he, he, he left, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know what transpired after the first year or so, but, I mean, I don't know, it's, but think about it. When when John Thompson, um, the third, right, JT three, that was he got the job. They had they accumulated all this talent, but then once they started playing the Prince assistant, they were like, "Whoa, this ain't this ain't what's happening." Yeah. So so I don't know. Man, and, he, he, and he had to adjust that a bit too. And yeah, and then because yeah, you know, when, when you play the Princeton style of offense, your caliber of athlete is going to go down mm-hmm. because the top tier athletes they don't want to do that. Yeah, they don't want to do that. You know, why did Pete Carrill run the Princeton offense? Because he didn't have the athletes. Yeah, and that Princeton style offense, I um, we haven't done a good job of this. We haven't really gotten a chance to break down style of play, right? You know, because we talk about just the foundational things in basketball, like the flex. Uh, does anybody still run the flex? <laughs> right, like, like, like. Does anybody still the UCLA cut and all those different type of things? Because we don't know the coaches are younger now. Yeah. I, well, coaches I guarantee you. I guarantee you. There's a lot of, there's a lot of long term coaches, on, the lower levels that co- run those yeah. things. It's just that the teams that are constantly on television, man, like you kind of become a victim of the the circumstance. You know, 
what what are we going to run to excite kids to come here? Yeah. Because, again, at the end of the day, you have to bring in the recruits that are going to make sure you keep the fan base, the administration off your back, and then you got to win games. Mm. Well, see, this is the thing with Georgetown, too. You're talking about Georgetown, talking about Maryland. You talk about American University, George Washington University. Uh, who am I missing? Um, UMBC, Mount St. Mary's. Towson, those schools Towson. right there. Yep. It's a long yeah. list of schools in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, mm-hmm. right? We can even go down to Tech, ODU, yep. um, you know, Rafford, all those Richmond, places. Yep. Richmond, VCU, um, UVA. The DMV over the last eight years or so, maybe 10, has been the hotbed for talent, basketball-wise as a graduate, <laughs> right? right? It's just entirely too much talent to go around. Uh, Georgetown hasn't, rec- we're talking, every, most of them haven't, but Georgetown specifically hasn't recruited that well. And that's a contrast to when JT3 was there. You had Chris Wright, you had Austin Freeman, you had Jeff Green, you had Henry Sims, you had Roy Hibbert. It's like, it was like, it was a long list of those guys that at least JT3 was going to get a couple guys from the backyard. For sure. That was going to sure. come in. Yeah, there. he was definitely going to do and that. You, and you think about how important that is because G-Town was still nationally recognized and killing during that time because right. they had, and they were, had some homegrown led there, but you even see, Pat, they dropped the ball with that. Well, again, you've been, you were a primetime college player, primetime NBA player, assistant NBA coach. Well, if you don't surround yourself with dogs that mm. are big time recruiters on the college level, you might struggle. Because yeah. you know, I know his he I know he got rid of his 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 original staff. So I don't even know who's on there now. But I'm just saying, like, we don't even we we have no idea. We don't know what their identity is. Yeah. And that he, and that's tough to hear. I don't know much about that coaching space, but to get rid of an entire staff. Well, I mean it's like an entire because I remember you, when you lose that much, you, you gotta make changes. Yeah, okay. right. Well then you picked them up. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes when you when you take a head coaching job. Some people come as the package deal. Mm. Some people have to stay. You know what I mean? But yeah. I mean, but we don't know. But the thing is, like, when you watch Georgetown play when Pat first got there, what was their identity? You know what I'm saying? You would think, like, with Big John, their identity at first was the bigs, right? Yeah. And then he started to what? Bigger wings and guards. He, he started to change with the times. Yeah. Mark AI. Yeah. You know, Vic, you know what I'm saying? This thing started to change. So you just don't know. You know, his his bigs went from being the focal point of the offense to being role players, you know, like Junkyard Dog and those yeah. guys, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. But the thing is, it's going to be interesting to see who they replace him with because personally, I think they need to go away from being um, traditionally safe. And, you know, Craig Ashford, everybody had a, a part in Georgetown's basketball at some point early on. Now it's time to get some new blood in there and somebody that's, you know, that knows the area, is a killer recruiter and a good tactician and knows how to relate to the youth. And so um, it's funny that you said that. All right. Um, I'm looking for this. I, I saw a tweet about maybe a month and a half ago um, talking about who should get that job. Um, let me see if I can find it. 
I can't. I probably won't be able to find it right now. But it talked about Mike Jones. Yep. And and those of you that don't know, uh, Mike Jones was, was he was at the Master Catholic High School. It was like ten years, fifteen years. Right. Little, yeah. Quite long, some time. Yeah. Quite some time. Um, he took over the helm after the Great Wooten. Um, there was a the next coach and sustained dominance at that school. Right. Countless pros. Countless titles um and the best catholic lead in america right um wcac and he's been at is it um virginia tech is it virginia tech, virginia tech last year year and a half as an assistant um after being in, in high school for 10 12 years over a decade um and we can never if it's hard to put into words the resume that guy has um, just in the area because of the countless pros, the math is prestige and the story there. And, you know, naturally the people are saying Mike Jones should be the one to replace him because they're assuming he will recruit the area well. Um, that's somebody that everybody has a familiarity with. He's part of Team USA Basketball, countless players there, and now he has one or two years under his belt um, in college basketball. And while, like I said, I think that's an obvious choice, like nice choice, it makes sense when, on just sounding it out loud because the name recognition, but, but high school, college is different. You know, last chance you, right? Yep. Um, assistant coach We've talked about he was a big time high school coach. Yep. Big time high school coach. But he didn't understand how hard it was for a high school coach to go to college and yeah. get a job. Yeah. Which is why he ended up at ELAC. Yep. Right. And he won stage. He was, was killing. And he had a background as a player that was dope. Um, and so he had to learn that there's a different skill set, a different business when it comes to coaching and running the program right what do you think about who should take that next job or at least be considered for it you know you do what you want you know i won't say mike jones is a bad option obviously that's a that's, name well, for me but well, well what's needed this. what's first, needed? well for, when you say mike jones <clears throat> if you're gonna go somebody that's basically been on the high school level and you 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 bring his name up that's what i call a safe pick because if it's something goes awry, you can say, well, I mean, it just sounded good at the time, you know, because he is a local guy. But, you know, when I said at the beginning, like somebody that is just a go-getter, where you put them in any situation, they're going to come out on top, I'm going Ivan Thomas. And the reason I say that, you know, for those of who may not know, Ivan Thomas, you know, started his, you know, his head coaching career at Edison High School in, you know, Alexandria, Virginia. Then he went to T.C. Williams, you know, the you know the school from the, um, you know, remember the Titans movie. It's called Alexandria City. Yeah, Alexandria City, City now. But, but un, unlike DeMatha, that wasn't a place where you go and recruit players and get the players that fit your style of play. This is a public high school where, not saying that there wasn't talent, but there wasn't, you didn't recruit your guys. You coached what was in the building. And you made them better. And he took T.C. Williams at the time, who hadn't won anything in 20, 30 years, and turned them around overnight and became the number one school in the DMV. The number one ranked school in the DMV was a public school. 
And that was under Ivan Thomas in a three-year span. And he had, when they were number one, they were actually, that was his second year. So that's saying a lot about him. And, you know, he's a guy that <clears throat> went down to the 757 where we all know that's a hotbed for talent. Actually, the college coaches call that that high school, that public high school league, the ACC of college, uh, mm -hmm. high school basketball. So it's, that tells you something right there. And he took a, another school, Kikatan High School, and took them to the top. And then, you know, he's been eight years as an assistant at Providence. And is Providence a big-time program? Yes, it is, because Ed Cooley does a hell of a job there. He has a great staff. But is Providence known for getting the top players out of high school every year? No. They make do with what they got and make them better and make them competitive. You know, and so that's, that's my pick, Ivan Thomas, because you want to talk about Everybody talks about Mike Dave, uh, Mike Jones in terms of what he did on the high school level. That's at DeMatha. And I'm not saying he didn't do a good job because I like him a lot. But you, you give Ivan Thomas those type of opportunities in terms of resources at DeMatha, yeah. there's no telling. There's no telling what he could do. That's and he just, needs, he's, he just needs the opportunity. And, you know, he's a guy that, like I said, he's – he was a big time high school coach in the area from the seven, five, seven area knows everybody from we're talking about South Carolina up to New York was a major player with Boo Williams, Nike. Hmm. And again, look what Providence has been doing recently. He's been a part of that, a part of that culture. And so when I said at the beginning, when you, Georgetown's at a point now where you're at rock bottom. Mm -hmm. You can't do you can't do anything but go up. But you got to start from the you got to clean house from the bottom, and you got to put somebody in there that comes in knowing how to play from behind. And that's Coach Thomas, man. Someone come in, change the culture immediately overnight, and and they're not afraid or unwilling to do what's necessary to get them back to that. You know you know, to the pinnacle of college basketball where Georgetown should be. Man, I'm absolutely, right? I was trying to find a tweet. That's why I was on my phone, but I, I couldn't find it because um, I just wanted to read it out because to, to every point that some, that the guy had made, it was a good point. I had two of them to match. Because yep. when you talk about Coach Thomas, eight years in the Big East. In the Big East. Yep. In the Big East. Right, you talking about somebody who just lost twenty eight straight in the Big East. Right. Coach Coach Thomas is already familiar with the Big East. With the Big East, like greatly familiar. He yeah. knows how each each school scouts. He does he does the scout report. He knows everything. Now you talk about coaching tree. We talk about Nick Saban and what he does from Alabama. The same holds for great coaches in college basketball as well, right? There's no secret that Ed Cooley is one of the great best coaches in the country. Now, what what helps with that? His coaching staff. Right. <laughs> what, what helps with him being able to recruit? Because right now, one of their best players came from the transfer portal, came from Kentucky, right? Your staff has to help bring those guys in. And then what does your staff do? If you look at Coach Thomas right now, he's showing a little bit more of his background. You've had him, you've heard him on the show as a motivator. Yep. Right. And you've seen your thing when you got to TC was the player development, right? Yep. Right now, that's what Coach Thomas is doing. 
Right. And you probably would say that's one of the things where he had to grow in because everything else was there. And now you get somebody that's going to do all the work that everybody's going to do. Right. He's had every single job on the coaching staff. (laughs) Well, he didn't, he he didn't, he's not necessarily growing into the player development role because he actually did that in Illinois. Yeah. This is a little known fact. People don't know Coach Thompson won a high school championship in Illinois. That was the next one I was going to go with. So, proven winner. You know, so the thing is, he knows how to fit in in terms of what it takes to help the team win. Yeah. And that's what he's been doing. The minute I met him in an interview, um, when I was interviewing for the assistant job, you know, with you guys, I in 15 minutes I already knew he's a CEO. <laughs> I, I already knew that. That was the next piece. I, I already knew that. Like this, just from everybody that had been around before that were legendary coaches, I already knew this guy, although a little younger, he's a CEO. And that's, that's where he runs his programs. And he's a guy that <clears throat> all I can say is he just gets it done. No matter what it takes, mm-hmm. he gets it done. He he puts in the work. He he puts in the preparation to get everybody prepared to win. Yes. And, and that's what you want. You know, there's no – Georgetown doesn't have the time to play around anymore and just worry about making sure everybody's happy with the name. Yeah. The way you guys went out many, many years ago and gave John Thompson, a high school coach, an opportunity to be a head coach is what you need to think about now. Yeah. And think about somebody who's going to relish the opportunity mm-hmm. to be in that position. Because they're at the point to where they either got to, like you said, take that chance there or go completely left. But when you talk about Coach Thomas, it's immediate impact too. Yeah. Like immediate, and it's not just the the wins and losses. Like he had our, our school was essentially like Coach Carter, right? The Richmond High School. He had us wearing blazers to the game. He had the entire city looking at us completely different. And like you said, Georgetown needs a facelift. They don't need a familiar voice, somebody who has you know people in this, around here who will be able to bring a comment in. Coach Thomas has experience working with a community that's not for him. Yep. <laughs> so he'll know how to galvanize the troops. He'll know who to place in each spot well, to make sure there's Well, you need like, somebody who doesn't give a damn. Let's put it like that. Boom. Somebody that's not, that somebody that's not going to be afraid to ruffle feathers and do it his way, which would be the right way. Yeah. Because, you know, you got Pat coming in there, um, JT3 before him, Estrus before him. You don't, we don't know if they were afraid to, you know, rub some of the alumni the wrong we, we don't know that but when you bring in somebody new yeah then it's basically like allow them time just to do their job mm-hmm. you know and they don't have to worry about you know they don't owe anybody anything they don't have to worry about it because they're going to do what they f- feels best for the program so you know that's why i just think about him now like i said mike mike jones like say hey yeah you know, great coach but great you know but like i said when i talk about somebody basically you know Making you know, making something from nothing. I've seen, I've seen this dude do it over and over and over and over again, man. And just you know, he's a hell of a motivator, you know, a tactician, and just a winner, just a, just a tireless worker, man. That just equals a winner. A winner, time. a winner. And so, yeah. Georgetown University, just bring him in for the interview. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Bring him in, give him a shot. Like you know, just hear him out. You know. And and when we say him, you know, it, it should be two or three, you know, other hungry guys as well. But yeah. I guarantee you, you bring him for an interview, you will definitely be impressed. That's no question. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Coach, Coach Ivan Thomas should get an interview from Georgetown. Yeah. 
Ivan Thomas and Providence. That's that's our stay. We're going to put that. We're going to promote that this week. Yep. <laughs> that's going to get pushed out. That's going to happen. Um, and so we still got that time is a little bit ahead because we press record early. So we got like 15, 20 minutes, right? Yeah, good, man, because it's 3 in the morning. Yeah. And so, but the last thing is is something that I know it's 3 in the morning. You crazy? But it's this this is something that we got. You got I'm going to let you get this off your chest because you've been waiting to get this off your chest, right? And um, only I've been the one that you can yell at about it. But it's important. Understanding life as a U.S. expat, mm -hmm. especially as we are growing here in Dubai. Um, and then there are some other things happening and going on and stuff. But this is, you know, there's an era, too, where, um, and uh, me as well, coming out, where as the graduates from universities, um, you don't quite understand your value. <laughs> it's like being a recruit all over again. Yeah. You don't really understand your value to the working world, yeah. right? And then in the other spaces, as you start to grow, if you don't have the right guidance, you don't understand financially what a good situation is, right? right? And now when you add that into the international aspect of things, Sometimes when you offer people a job or they have an opportunity to do certain things, they don't understand what to keep in mind when somebody is offering you something, right? right. And so, like, specifically, right, if you're getting offered a job to coach basketball, right, let's stay in our lane. Let's, you know, let's say you're getting offered a job to coach basketball, train basketball outside of the U.S. because you're an American player, you have a different experience, so you got some value, and you get offered just a coach. What do we say? Three thousand U.S. dollars. Yeah, no, yeah. three thousand U.S. dollars with accommodation. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you'll come back, and you know that work life, that workload is not a, it's not a nine to five, right? You're not up in the office doing those things nine to five. We're not doing that, and you got accommodation to pay for. And now. Some people look at that number and they be like, nah, that's not enough. But there's some things you need to keep in mind, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you when you look at the number on on paper, you're like, dang, that's not enough. You know, you could but you come from, you know, metropolitan areas in the US and you're and you're so used to seeing people make two hundred, three hundred thousand plus or whatever. Even even some of the lower jobs where people are coming out and you know, they have really good professions and they're making you know, 90,000, 110,000, whatever, people are looking at those numbers and saying, that's what I want to make, right? But they're not realizing that when you get a chance to go internationally, when you get your accommodations paid for, that means your apartment paid for, nothing comes out of your pocket, pocket. utilities paid for, that, that, you know, that's your cable, your gas, your all that stuff, AC paid for, you get your transportation paid for, you ain't got to worry about car insurance. You got to worry about car payment each month, car maintenance, none of that. That's paid for. You get your travel arrangements, you know, a round-trip ticket, and oftentimes you'll get a, a, a bonus ticket for the holidays during Christmas time, right? And then you get your medical pay, which was we all know that's huge because there's a lot of Americans who make six figures in the U.S. that don't have adequate health insurance. That's just bottom line, right? You get all of that paid for. And then you get a tax-free salary each month. You know, of course, you got to stay under a certain threshold 
And that threshold is like well over six figures. So, but if you're making below that and it's tax free, so what you, what you earn comes directly to you and you're living a different lifestyle in terms of you're getting a chance to meet new people, experience new things, see new places. And most important, your quality of life is better in terms of now you're only obligated to physically work three to four hours each week, uh, weekday. And then maybe on a weekend, maybe one day you work five hours, six hours where I can tell you right now, you can't find anywhere in America where you're going to make that kind of money. Mm -hmm. You can't find anywhere in Australia, anywhere in the, in the Europe, Western Europe, you can make that money. You just can't. But when you got young people who are coming straight out of college and you've worked so hard to get your degree, sometimes you're a little, Mm. Your, your, your mindset is a little cloudy in terms of what you should be making right away, mm -hmm. you know, but that's, the, that's not the reality of it, you know, and you got to take it and say, let me take advantage of this opportunity. And while I'm doing this, I'm doing the best that I can to improve my situation and my quality of life. Man, when we talked about, because um, when you told me I would come, you know, I sat and talked to the family and everything. And I was like, the first thing I said was, I get how much? And I don't have to pay rent? Because immediately when it's basketball over, you just got to be an adult. The expenses just start hitting, 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 hitting. <laughs> and so you talking about how many people bring home $3,000? Like bring home. Because we talk about taxes and Social Security and everything. No, that federal, hits. state, um, Social Security. <laughs> Listen, man. There's eight things that hit that your... You know, even if you're even if your employer gives you insurance, yeah, you know, you still got to pay a certain portion of that. Come out of your check, yeah, no question, right? And so you talking about all of those things that hit. There, most people don't go home. We don't even say three thousand. They'll go home with two thousand five hundred. Yeah, yeah. A and month. that's you're working forty hours a week, at least. But don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? At least forty hours a week. You got travel time. You know, most people, you know, they live, if you live in the city, then your rent is extremely high. Or if you, but if you try to live outside the city so you get more more space for your money, you're, you're, you're in traffic. You're in traffic 45 minutes one way, 45 minutes the next. Come on, man. Like, yeah. it, it. so you know how it is when you're straight. You know, you guys say, man, Coach King just walking to practice. He's got his hoodie on. Yeah. His eyes are bloodshot red. We don't know if he killed somebody earlier or he was smoking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I've been in traffic trying to get here from work. So, I'm, so I'm pissed right word, now. You know what because you got to pick up another job. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like you got to do those things. And so, like, like, for me, learning money, I mean, the situation that I'm in right now, situation that we're in of course with as you say the extra experience that i got education wise blah 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 blah, blah. off rip i wanted to be able to do something with more pay at the beginning yeah. but once it's my beginning was in the states when i was looking for jobs there and then it started to become more and more evident that people wanted to use you for more and pay you for less. And I was like, dog, that ain't going to be any any benefit to me later. But being here right now, like if you can get a job overseas, abroad, even if it's not a basketball job like this, but if you can go somewhere, make money and get your accommodations and things paid for, that's a cheat code for you. You have a better opportunity to save. 
Oh man. And and I wanna I wanna highlight this too, OG, because we just went through a pandemic, right? We got out of there healthy. Um, but in the midst of that pandemic, we were coming here to build a business. Yep. And you were coming here after leaving stability, income that you knew was coming, and we didn't know COVID was gonna happen. You were able to take this risk because it was a pay cut because you knew that if we hit the benchmarks we wanted, you'd be able to get all that back. Yeah. But we didn't know this would happen. But I noticed, I take notice that we were able, you were able to stay and stick it out though because you did have something saved, right? You you always talk about how you, you had to go too deep into it and do all these other different things, but you had something. Like, we wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to still be here if you hadn't done those things to prepare yourself for whatever it is that was gonna come later to get there. And so I think that's important to highlight because some people never get to that type of responsibility to where they have enough money to do this or save to do that. Cause we're trying to teach young men now to get there. Um I'm in a good space. I've helped my wife out because we just got a new car and I had to convince, let her know, like, look, we're not buying a brand new one. Like, we're going to get a used one for these reasons. But um, looking at my mom, looking at you, Lisa, Uncle Ro, because Uncle Ro did a big life change before you had to bounce back as well. But it's important for you to highlight how the the process you went through for your own financial literacy, right? For how you had to learn through it because it wasn't no, no crazy Bitcoin schemes and those like wild stock well, market things, but like you know what I'm saying? Those, those huge gambles on no, the league. No, sir. No, yeah. sir. I almost got yeah. talked into like putting a little money into Bitcoin in uh in a day. But I you know, I still have like yeah. a little bit, just a little bit in there now, and it ain't yeah. doing well. Yeah, yeah. It's like Mike Tyson's beating it up every day. <laughs> um, you know, and I like I said, it's just with me, you know, and my generation. The, you know, the ones who weren't, you know, um, uh, lucky enough to have, you know, um, you know, very financial literate parents and um, had that st- stability around them and parents who have gone through it through trial and error. Because at some point in time, one generation has got to go through a trial and error. Yes. And so <clears throat> I'm that generation for my family. You know, I'm the first person for my family to get a college degree. You know, yeah. um, and a lot of people don't know that because I'm I'm not one that's gonna go around there. Yeah. But since we're talking about it, Same and here. so you know, I have made some decent money before, and I've blown some decent money on stupid stuff that a lot of people would typically do it on when they're young, and then some some situations where stuff I just didn't know. Yeah, and so you know, the one thing I've always tried to do is make sure I got just a little bit stashed away in a couple of different places for a rainy day. And um, I may I may cry broke every day, but I always got a little something up my sleeve. And that's what you have to do. And then, like in this situation, I knew that in order to, to be able to not convince you, but I, need, I needed to make sure, and more so to your mom, that you would be okay. Yeah. And so I couldn't, I wouldn't dare ask you to come over here if I knew I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't soften go, the blow a little bit. I couldn't get your back if something happened. That's why yeah. I told you. You know, when you were, you basically altered your entire plan that you had after grad school. You know, and I said, "Hey, don't worry about that. I'll if this goes awry, I got you on yeah. that." You know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, 
it's just trial and error, man, and and being able to be around somebody who's who's you know done it before and 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 screwed it up, and that's yeah. me, you know. And so you know, with you and this this company, you see, I'm I'm watching every dollar that we make, yeah. every dollar that we spend, because ultimately it will be ours at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that everybody. You know, even Young Buck, even though I don't like him really. Um, (laughs) Bread eater. (laughs) Everybody that's associated with us has got to do well. Yeah. In order for us to keep going. And so sometimes I may have to take a personal hit myself. But if I'm the, you know, if I'm the captain, you got to do that sometimes in a leadership role. And so, um, you know, there's no secret sauce to it, man. But did you ever, did you, because we're creatures of habit. Right? As basketball players, like we wake up this, 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 and that. So did you ever have to like... Put yourself in a space and be like, yo, I'm going to do this. Because right now, um, my number one goal for the year is to reduce my expenses as much as possible. Wait. I know I know. eventually our um, our pay is going to come up and all those things. But I give myself enough space. If I reduce bad debt, right, credit card debt, you know, almost, almost out of it. But I have a savings plan. So once you learn from those mistakes that you had, did you have a mind was like, all right, you know how some people say, I'm going to put 20% here, 10% here, boom, 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 well, that's how I'm going to go. Yeah, well, I was doing that at first anyway. Yeah. Excuse me, because that's just common sense. Yeah. The problem is getting- nah, the common sense ain't so common. The, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, the problem is arrogance. Mm. And arrogance is what kills us all. Okay, I've been putting this here, been putting that there, putting that. that's my plan. But then something comes up, you're like, I can do it because I'm always gonna make this. Yeah. That's that's where the arrogance comes through. And then when you when something happens where it halts the money that you always making, then you're like, shit, how am I gonna replenish that? How am I gonna replenish that? How am I gonna replenish that? And so that's when you have to get to a point where the money that you got coming in, this is the most important part. The money that you have coming in, all right, you gotta make sure you only spend a small percentage of that. Yeah. More money coming in than you have going out. Yeah. And that, that's that's the that's the true reason. When people say all this stuff like, um, well, you know, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. The bottom line is when people talk about investing, you know, 40, 50% of their money, whatever, those are people that make X amount of dollars. So they, so they have surplus anyway. Yeah. If you don't have a surplus every month and you have just enough to Pay your bills, and you know, you know, get food and and, yeah. and you know, pay your utilities, or whatever. Then you can't do that, and that's right. that's most of us, not just in America, but everywhere. almost everywhere in the world, even Dubai. So, so now you have to understand, you have to decide what you can live with and what you can't live with, you know, live without, and that's <laughs> and that's where it comes in. So, like for me, I know what I like to do, and I know what I used to do sometimes. But I dumbed it down some, you know what I mean? But I can do that with a little more ease because I'm in another country. Yeah. And and that's where I- You know, I was telling Illy, I was like, listen, King is the group on God. Hey, hey, listen, listen. (laughs) I looked looked at something just the other night at some, the Barracuda Inn up in (laughs) Umal Kauai. I'll be there soon, trust me. But but I I was telling them, like, sometimes- when you go on to that budget, that doesn't mean you don't get a chance to live, Yeah. right? You just gotta be creative on how you find it. Yeah. And so what you said was the number one thing. Once things get 
going. Once things get good, as soon as you get to the top of that mountain, people start to become arrogant, ego gets big, and you just feel like you always going to be here. Yep. Don't remember where you started at yep. and how everything's an ebb and a flow, right? And so right now, number one thing, I'm telling the white person, look, cash is king. Everybody's telling us invest in this stock market, invest in that, invest in this, invest in that. I was like, nah. What we gonna do, regardless of what happened with digital, is we gonna try to get to a certain amount of cash. And then after we get there, we can start to look at all those other things. Cause yeah. we've been in a spot already to where it's like, what happens with all this stuff shut down? Yeah. I mean, of course you gotta have money make you gotta have money making money while you're asleep. Yeah. But you gotta get to that point first. First, because that's, I mean Crawl before you walk. If you, put, if you put money in something right now and you get into a hard, t- if you know you could potentially get into a hard rut within a 12 month period, don't put that money in that yet. Because, you need it. Because even when you have to pull it out, they're going to they're gonna tax you on that. Man, I need it. So, so And then uh, as far as expats, right? Those guys, young guys that are coming across. If you think about being somewhere long term or even if it's just five years, there is no retirement plan for you. Right. So you have to be more diligent about how you save your money too because it's not a 401k match <laughs> and up to 8% match and it's getting there. So you got to think about those things as well. And so um, that's something that we we talk about. We talk, Coach King and I talk about those type of things all the time. And we know it's important for us to shed light on that too because we do have those same battles ourselves, right? Yeah. Where we're trying to make things happen and we're pushing forward. And oftentimes we get into spaces where we look at ourselves as where we could be and then we you know you hear other situations and you're like damn like you ain't prepared for that you ain't do this and that and so we want to make sure that whoever's coming up under us or even if you're older than us right now (laughs) and you're still working you still got some time to make some type of changes to get some things together so um you know handle that and if you're if you're making the most money you've ever made in your life you're probably gonna trick it off a little bit give it to you have your have your month of free time but remember what goes hot is going to get cold yeah it always does so just make sure you give yourself a nice hey listen you can you can have your fun you yeah just might, you just might not have the fun that you you know that you see everybody else doing yeah you, know what I'm saying? you want to have fun you want to pop bottles yeah, you might not be able to do it in Miami. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? But you can do it in Mexico. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it just yeah. depends on how you want to get down. You know, do you do you have to go out in um uh you know the Copacabana in New York? Or or are you okay with taking a you know a quick weekend trip to the mountains somewhere and you know and, and staying in you know a nice hotel and doing your thing and and somewhere new and seeing get some new adventures. It just depends. You gotta open your mind, man. You yeah. Open your mind. I mean, everything is basketball, right? Yeah. Right? Like you gotta know what your role is. Basically, what's your pathway? Cause you can't follow trends when you're trying to save some money. Yeah. <laughs> Cause some people are some people are, yo, some people are taking loans here to keep up with an image. Personal loans, interest rates 17% taking those loans to keep up with an image on things. I'm like, well, I'm doing much better in life than I thought. Yeah, I got an image, all right? I'm going on Groupon. <laughs> Yo, can you imagine taking a loan with 17% interest just to keep up with an image of people who don't really care about you anyway? Yeah, it's crazy. 17% interest, you know? And so last thing I add, because, you know, 
as men, me especially, going into a space where I could take more sacrifices when it was only me that I was worried about. Yeah. When I wasn't responsible for my wife's well-being and, and now we have a child coming forth. And so I, I see a lot of guys get, they feel like their back is against the wall and they feel like they get struck and they turn different ways. Everything is basketball, right? You just move to a new level, learn a new skill. Skills. Skills, skills, skills that pay, right? It's not about passion projects, not about what you love to do. It's not about what makes you happy. It's about what can pay. And there are thousands of jobs and skills out there that you can learn and you can transfer that into something that you can monetize immediately. So don't get, sometimes you get, you hear people talking about, yo, you just need to earn more, okay? Sometimes you get stressed because you think about what you already do. Overtime hours, time and a half, you know, that's the old era of things, right? Coach King talks about it all the time. We live in a different era. You get online, you go find, you go seek, you can learn new skills and make some money off of those things immediately. So turn towards that. Same way you would get back in the gym if you weren't making shots the night before and you got to get in there and get it right. New skill, more money. That helps you save, right? And so out of there. But BTG Nation, man, back in action. First one of the new year uh, with, with the OG. Uh, we'll be back for sure. It's a lot going on. Different uh, location. Cause I, we working on it. We working on it. We got we to gotta get Isaac back on the phone. You got to call Isaac and tell him, you, you, let's go. Because I, 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 I called, him, called it in. But um, BTG Nation, you know where to find us online. Um, YouTube, BTG Media presents TikTok, Instagram, all those good things. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe. Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB, Hoop Mountain AE. Yes, we are killing it. We are growing. We're going to keep growing. Um, you guys know post game wrap up. Um, uh, for me, I'm going to drop it off with respect our elders. Respect our elders. Right. Listen, listen, we got to we I, I said this plenty of times. We we stand on the shoulders of the guys before us. But I've, I've been really in the, in the history mode lately um, and just listening to the stories and, and the things of the people before us. And I'm getting a little bit older. <laughs> and so I'm starting to see how the vision changed and thought processes changed. And so we got to show a little bit more respect to our OGs, our old heads, man. That's my that's my thing for the night. How you feeling, man? When you gonna start showing that respect? <laughs> Shit. It's love, man. It's even deeper than that. Love and respect, man. We family. We locked in. Anyway, man. We, <laughs> since we just started our first uh first round of our um, you know, uh, our Hoop Mountain League with you know four or five other academies that we're close to, guys that try to do things the right way and really develop the kids and teach the game um the way it should be taught show sportsmanship and work on competitiveness. Um, you know, this is for our guys, you know, um, you know, no matter what happens and you know, the outcome of the game, you know, if you lose and you didn't, you didn't show up to practice, you haven't been consistent with working on your game. You haven't been doing what we teach you in practice on your own. And, you know, you just haven't given 110%. You can't feel discouraged because you already know what the secret sauce is. You just got to go do it. Um, those of you that have been putting in the work and, you know, the, we didn't get the outcome that you wanted, just know you got to work a little bit harder. And sometimes we, sometimes luck isn't on our side, but you can't get, get discouraged and say, I'm going to quit 
because if you quit now, you'll be quitting for the rest of your life. So you got to keep working hard, man. And you got to work together as a team. And you got to make sure that you understand it's not just about you. It's about all of us. And that's when we'll start to gel and get the outcome that you put in. Hey, couldn't have said it anybody better. You know, you guys know what it is. Keep it real. Keep it simple. And keep going. Player and coach, the brother, the brother. They both got views that you need to discover. From sports, current events, to just life talk. Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk, gotta tune in. You already know, G. This BTG Nation, and you one of the homies. Just tune in. You already know, G. BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds.